Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Craig Dyson. My wife, Kara, and I are the pastors of Convo Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. You guys doing great? You guys doing good? We're excited. Like my wife was already saying, we were away, and we are. I want to I thank our, uh, be, being a year into a church plant, which if you're, if you're new with us today, that's, that's what this is. We're new. We're new around here. Uh, a couple weeks back, we celebrated our one-year anniversary as a church, and uh, we partied, we had fun, we celebrated, and then we put that chapter behind us, a good chapter, and now we're ready to look forward, uh, moving forward, continually uh, saying yes to Jesus and everything that he's going to challenge us to do as a church and uh, everything he'll challenge us to be and uh, for our city. And so we celebrated that. And so it, it's not, you know, I've talked to some people in the church planning world, and I guess it's not super common for, for, for lead pastors to be able to get away, uh, you know, within that time frame. But it's the credit of our amazing dream team. And I want to honor our dream team and, uh, and give you guys credit because they make everything happen. And then also last week, uh, to have, uh, just to be able to have a couple like Dwight and Joy Royston as a part of our team and a part of our community. It's so incredible. And, uh, and, and Joy held down the communication and Dwight got up and preached fire last week. And, and uh, which, if, of course, if you haven't been raised in church, that's a compliment when you say somebody preached fire. And that uh, means they did a pretty good job. And so we're, we're excited about everything that God is doing in our church. Uh, more than that, we're excited to be where we are, and uh, there's no place like home, and uh, we did have a good time on our break. We rested, and, uh, and yes, our kids literally gave us a second-by-second breakdown of this is what's happening. They're getting ready to start. They're starting the countdown. I'm just like, I hope everything's okay. I was like, no, I'm sure everything's great. I'm getting reports. Everything went great, and uh, we just love our team, and so we, uh, we, we, didn't, we didn't skip church. That's not what we do, so we found a place to go to church while we were in London. It was kind of easy to find. Uh, we went to see our friends at Hillsong Church in London, and, uh, and it was just like, it was like family. They, uh, they treated us like family, and uh, during church, during worship, during the Word, it felt like we were at home. And uh, just, isn't that great? You can go just about anywhere on the planet, and you can find people that are worshiping the same God, the same love, the same salvation, the same grace, whether it's in a, a language that you know or it's in a language that you don't know. It's just, it's the same message. And God is so good. So we're going to get into it today. And, and uh, Pastor Kara was hitting about Engage. And I've had so many people come up to me recently talking about, man, I want to get on the dream team. How do I get on the dream team? I'm like, that's it. That's how you do it. And so if you're coming up to me saying you want to be on the dream team and then you leave right after, that's not how you do it. So come to Engage because we want you to be able to find your purpose, make a difference, get plugged in, get involved, know who we are as a church, know how crazy we are and, and how crazy it's going to be if you say yes to being a part of this. And, uh, but we want you in there. So uh, turn with me, if you will, starting a brand new series today that I'm excited about. And uh, it's, it's actually going to be an extended series. It's going to have a little bit of a break in the middle. And uh, so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be on this series. Uh, we're going to take a, a probably about a three-week break in the middle where we're going to be doing something special uh, that's going to be new for our church, and then we're going to get back into the series again. And, uh, but I just want to challenge you, encourage you. This is, this is not going to be, actually never is, but it's, this is not going to be the type of series that you want to kind of hit here and there. You're going to want to hit, hit every single, every single uh, you know, part of this ride as we go through this because I really believe it has the opportunity to transform things, not just for you, but for the community that you're a part of. 
and uh, it's going to be fantastic. So let me, let me open up the Bible. Is that okay? We're going to read from the book of Acts, uh, chapter 2. And uh, this, is, this is a Bible. Another way, just throw that in there. Uh, but if you also have it on, on the, the YouVersion Bible app, everybody needs that. It's free, and it puts the Bible at your fingertips. Just, just do yourself a favor, download that. We're going to go to Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to read uh, a few verses here to you just to kind of get things started, if I can find it. Chapter 5, that's what I'm looking for. Chap, uh, sorry, chapter 2, verse 5. It says, at, at that time... There were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. The reason why they were living in Jerusalem this time is they were celebrating uh, some of the, the, the festivals and feasts that happened. And, uh, and so the, the time was there. They had to be there for 50 days to celebrate this whole thing. So talk about a road trip. They were from all over the world. They came to Jerusalem for 50 days. And so they're living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, somebody say a loud noise. Everyone came running. That's normal. You hear a loud noise outside, you kind of want to see what's going on. Everybody came running, and they were bewildered, to listen to this, to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, which that actually wasn't true. They were from all over the place, but it was in Galilee. And uh, that was actually kind of a little bit of a slur and an insult because they were known to be very uneducated common people. It says, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, that's a fun place, I've never visited there, Pamphylia, Egypt, the areas of Libya and Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things that God has done. It says, they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. A lot of other translations use this phrase, what is it? What is it? Can I pray for you this morning? I just want your hearts to be open. I want your ears to be attentive. Father, we love you. Um, God, we thank you that you gave us your word. We don't have it all figured out. We don't have all the answers. And so we thank you that you provided us with the source to, to be the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. Father, we pray today that regardless of our journey, our background, our story, our issues, our wins and our losses, Father, that we would open up ourselves to you today. God's a safe place and you're a safe God. So we thank you that, that you're speaking to our hearts, you're speaking in our ears today. God, we just want to receive it. Can you say amen? Amen, amen. amen. So if you, if you go on TV right now, just about anywhere, there's like tr uh, treasure hunting shows are everywhere. Now, I've got one particular favorite. I don't know if, you, if you've watched these guys or not. They're awesome. They're very passionate. It's called The Curse of Oak Island. Anybody seen this? Three people have seen this. You should check it out. It's very entertaining. It's one of, it, honestly, it's one of my favorite things. They're up in, like, Nova Scotia. They're looking for who knows what, like the Ark of the Covenant, maybe. Who knows? They, for some reason, the Ark of the Covenant seems to be in every single treasure location on the earth. Somebody's going to find it somewhere, maybe. I don't know. But, but it's fun. So, you know, whenever you get these treasure hunting shows, they're always, they always have contacts. They always make you feel like by the end of the episode or at least the show, they're going to find something which makes you want to lean into it. And so they all, they all, ultimately they get to that one person that says, hey, I've got this document that, that it will show you exactly where things are. 
and it will show you the answers to find the secrets and to find the treasure. And so they go and they meet with this person and this guy pulls out this piece of paper or a map and he gives it to him and he's so excited only to find out that the majority of the important information on this document have been completely censored. The guy's still excited, like, here, all you got to do is follow this, and you'll find all the answers that you need. You'll find what you're looking for. And so then they show it on the TV screen, like, how, how, how is this supposed to help me? How is this supposed to help me? There's black lines through everything. Or maybe they get to see it, but on TV, for whatever reason, it's blurred out for us. We're like, why are you trying to hide the secrets from us? We want to find the treasure. Did you know that in the kingdom of God, there is a secret treasure, there is a secret sauce, if you will, that is meant by God to be literally, some people have been waiting for this like your entire life, the secret to success. The secret sauce in the kingdom of God to give you everything that you need to be everything that you were created to be. Now, now, okay, before you're like, okay, that sounds great. It's too good to be true. No, and it's free. It's free. Like, okay, nothing that's free is going to be the secret to life. Well, I want to challenge that, especially in, in the church world, especially in the kingdom of God. And, I, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a teaser. The answer is God. Okay, that's a great Sunday school answer. God, Jesus, the Bible. Yeah, we get it. That's always the answer. No, but... But I think, that, I think it's an attribute, it's a, it's a part of God, it's part of the, the trinity of God that we, that we, we kind of we miss. Honestly, it gets, it gets censored a lot in the church world, and, and I, don't, I don't really understand why. I've seen it, I've experienced it, I think to a point in my own life, throughout my own journey of learning who God is and trying to discover different aspects of God, and, and trying, you know, I've, I've had different persuasions spoken into me, I've been taught different things, and, and only to come back and realize that, man, this isn't really that complicated. God makes it super easy because he wants you to have the secret to life. So I know that can be challenging maybe for, for somebody like myself to get up and say, hey, I'm about to tell you the secret of success, the secret of life, the secret sauce to everything that will make everything great in your life. You're like, sure it is, but what if, what if it was Jesus himself that told you what it is that you needed? Would you listen? Like, let me get out the way, you know what I'm saying? Like, what if it was Jesus himself that said, hey guys, I'm Jesus, and I just want you to know yeah, I, I, I've created you for great things, but in order to accomplish what I've put you on this earth to accomplish, you need this one thing. Would, would that even, to the, to the least degree, have you leaning, leaning in a little bit to say, okay, what, what, is, what is that one thing? It's something that is free. It's something that's available to absolutely everybody. And this is all you have to do. You have to believe, you have to ask, and then you have to receive. Can you say that? Say, believe, believe. ask, ask. Receive. receive. Now we're gonna say that again with a little bit more enthusiasm because we're not at a funeral or a library. <laughs> believe, believe, ask, ask. and receive. receive. The secret sauce. But here's the thing, we cannot be what Jesus wants us to be until we receive everything that Jesus said we need to receive. We need it. And I'm telling you, for so long in my own life, I've experienced this. There are so many things that we try to tackle in our life, we try to make happen, 
We try, to, we try to accomplish things. We try to be strong. We try to, man, I've got a, I've got a weakness here, so now I'm going to get strong here so I can overcome this thing only to come up short. And the thing that we find missing in our life isn't the effort. It isn't the will. It isn't even the desire. It's the power. Because we don't actually have the power within ourselves to be the solution for the problems in ourselves. You will never find the problem to also be the solution. Unless you're doing math, everything's a problem. But that's just a different, that's a different thing. We cannot be what Jesus wants us to be until we receive everything that Jesus said we need to receive. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. The part, it's part of God, it's part of who he is. Part of the Trinity of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We don't serve three gods. We serve one God. And our one God has three parts. And sometimes we think, okay, in the church world, I'm going to kind of speak to this in different segments because if you come from a church background, you already have somewhat of a preconceived idea of what the Holy Spirit is and is not. And you may, you may be accurate or you may, be, you may have been taught different things. If you don't come from the church world, if you're new to all this stuff, you may be asking the same question like, okay, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, what is, what is that? What is it? What is it? And that's what I want us to discover over these next few weeks as a church. Because here's the deal. I want to be a person, not, I'm not talking about being a pastor right now, I want to be a person that hungers for everything that Jesus said that I need. And I want our church to passionately and desperately be hungering for everything that Jesus says that our church needs so that we can be everything that Jesus says that our church can be. We got a lot of people walking around trying to be something that we can't be because we haven't received what God wants us to receive. And there's probably a thousand reasons. We could list them all. There's some crazy stuff. We've seen crazy things. We've heard crazy things. We've seen things happening in the name of the Holy Spirit and said, I'm good. <laughs> Check, please. You know, we've, and, then, and then we've gone to the other side and we've seen people completely do away with it all together. And we've, we've relegated the Holy Spirit to be this invisible, silent, quiet, little hidden thing in our heart that just helps us live saved. So we've, we've, we've been on, on both sides of the spectrum. So this is what I want us to do through this Holy Spirit series. I want us to look at what Jesus said and I want to believe it. I want us to look at what God used the Apostle Paul and others inspired by the Holy Spirit to say, and I want us to believe it. And I want us to say, God, would you help us not relegate your spirit to what we've allowed culture to make it be? Can we go back to what it was meant to be, embrace it with faith, humble ourselves, and be open, God, to what you always were trying to do through your church. Because the church was never meant to be milk toast, watered down, wusses, fixed in religion, walking around empty and dead, no different than anybody else. Because we're rejecting the very thing that has the thing to, to transform and change our lives. I don't know if you knew this or not, I love this, I love this, this fact right here. Every person, um, not just in this room, but around the world, has more in common with, with you than you know. Did you know that every single human being in our, in our DNA and in our makeup is 99.9% .9 the same? 
Isn't that crazy? Those are smart science people came up with that, not me. So it doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter what nation you grew up in. Doesn't matter your status. It doesn't matter your economic value. Doesn't matter any of those things. When it comes to how we've been created, it's so interesting that if we all have the same father, we would have so much in common. So let me take it real quick past even the, even the genetics and the DNA. Here are a few of the, of the commonalities that every single person, I believe, on the face of the planet has. Every person is created in the image of God. Even the people you don't like. <laughs> Get to election season, Facebook's beautiful. Every person craves a relationship with their creator. Every person, whether, whether, whether someone would know how to verbalize that or identify it, everyone has that deep down inside of them. Every person can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Every person. Every person uh, finds, will find their purpose in Christ. Every person finds joy and fulfillment when they live their life to honor God. Every person is called to love God, love people, all of them, and make a difference. Your life was made to make a difference. There is not a single accident on this planet. Whether they were told that or not, whether they were left by their family or not, whether they were tried to, whether, whether they were tried to uh, be killed before they were born or not and they made it, there are no accidents on this planet. There are billions of people walking around this planet who were created to make a difference in the lives of other people. Every person can do this by living like Jesus. Check this out. Every person can only live like Jesus when we have the secret censored sauce, <laughs> the Holy Spirit alive inside of us. The part of God that has been ignored, judged, watered down, passed over, and taught to be optional in our life is a very thing that we all need to bring everybody together so that we can fulfill our purpose in each other's lives. We need that. We need this more than ever. And I tell you what, the people who don't know God, the people who have seen the, the, the ugliness in the, in the religious world and have said, I don't want anything to do with that. And I don't blame them because what they've been seeing is a lot of people living without the secret sauce, trying to be something that we can't be, trying to do something we don't have the power to do. And since we, can't, since we don't have the real thing, we try to manufacture it with fake stuff, with rules and regulations and, and checklists. So this is what you do. This is how you dress. This is how you talk. This is how you walk. This is where you go. This is what you say. This is what you don't say. And we've, we've, we've replaced power with religion. Somebody say power. Make sure you're alive. I love this fact right here. So, so they, and you're like, and aren't there a few verses before what you read that kind of paints a picture? Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's why I want you to come back because I want to, I want to talk about it later. I'm trying to be patient with this message, okay? <clears throat> but it says everyone was in this moment where the Holy Spirit showed up and it said there was a loud noise. That was, the loud noise was inside. But it was everybody who was outside that heard the loud noise and it was loud enough to make the crowds from all over come to find out what this loud noise was. Let me tell you something, the church was never meant to be a quiet thing over in the corner. The church was never meant to be something that would just shut up and do our thing and, and, and just have your business and don't, don't impose yourself on everybody else, you just be quiet. It's kind of like the, the ignorant people that tell the athletes, just shut up and play basketball. Psh, you kidding me, that's a different topic. Focus, Craig, anyway. But the people, after they're looking at all this, they're like, what is, what is it? What is this? And, and it, it reminded me of a story much further back in time in, in the book of Exodus. 
And if you don't know, that's the second book of the Bible. And so what's happening in the book of Exodus is the Israelites, the Hebrews, God's chosen people, were in 400 years of slavery in Egypt. And God sends Moses, you know, uh, a prince of Egypt, you know, they sent him. He, so Moses' job was to go in and to rescue his people and to lead them to the promised land, which is modern-day uh, Israel and Palestine. Maybe some extra territories up in there. But they had to go through this, they had to go through the wilderness, they had to go through the desert. And it says they began to complain, they began to murmur, they began because they were they were hungry, they were they were thirsty, they they thought they were starving. I've got three kids and they always think they're starving too. Especially when we were in uh, when we were in Paris and like we just ate crepes, which if I've had crepes, but when you have crepes there or something different. All of a sudden, I like Nutella. I'm, ne I'm never, I'm not a Nutella guy, but you put Nutella in a fresh crepe, and there's something about that. Anyway, we just pound crepes, and we're walking out 10 minutes later. I'm starving. There's a crepe place. So we're like, oh, we just, we just ate. Anyway, but we're there, that's, you know, that's going on. So God says, okay, I'll take care of you. I'm going to give you supernatural provision. And it says in the morning, they would wake up, and there would be this strange substance all over the ground that they would collect, and they, would, they could make cakes out of it. Those carbs. They, God was giving them carbs in the desert. You know, that's a good thing. But they didn't know what it was, and so they said, what is this? And the translation of that is the word manna. God gave them manna in the desert, and manna, which the people said, what is this, was supernatural provision for people, the people of God to, to, to exist where God had them, to have the energy they needed for the day, to be able to succeed and thrive. But here's the deal, in the Old Testament, at the end of the day, all that went away. It said, only take what you need for today because it won't be good tomorrow. And there was always a couple of them that were like, well, I'm just going to take a little, little extra. I'm going to make some extra cakes in the morning. They wake up and it said it was filled with maggots. Talk about a quick expiration date. That was organic, <laughs> non-GMO. That was what was going on there. But that was in the Old Testament. But you flash forward a couple of thousand years and we're in the same situation where Jesus said, listen, uh, I've called you for a purpose and I've given you a mission, but don't go until you receive the secret sauce that I want to give you. Wait in Jerusalem. I'm going to send what the Father promised. We'll get into that more in the next week. But when it spilled out, people said, what is this? You know what's interesting what it was? It was the supernatural provision of God, not with his people, not above his people, but inside of his people to empower the church to be what it was called to be, to do what it was called to do, to accomplish things that it was not able to accomplish on its own. So what is it? Sometimes you, uh, to know what something is, you gotta start off by, know, by knowing what it's not. Anybody like that? That's kind of how my brain is. It's like, let's, work, let's reverse engineer this thing. Let's work backwards, I wanna figure out what this thing is. So here's just a few things, this is not exhaustive. The Holy Spirit is not a vibe. The Holy Spirit is not an influence. The Holy Spirit is not an energy. The Holy Spirit is not some spooky entity. The Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit does not manipulate. The Holy Spirit does not control you like a puppet. The Holy Spirit uh, is not irrelevant. The Holy Spirit is not dark. And let me tell you this, the Holy Spirit is not optional. That's what the Holy Spirit is not. You can ignore the Holy Spirit, you can limit the Holy Spirit, you can censor the Holy Spirit, but you cannot remove the Holy Spirit because you can't dissect God and remove an attribute of who he is, the person of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. But we, we found ways to get around it. I found, in my own life, I found different ways to get around it. 
And I'm sure for some of you, maybe it's the same situation. I pray that we can go back to the roots and to the, to the heart of what God intended, embrace it for who the Holy Spirit is and move forward with power. So here, let me, can, can I teach on this for a second? Can we, can we go into teacher mode? Um, the Holy Spirit, number one, the Holy Spirit is a person. I'm, I'm gonna have this up on the screen. If you wanna uh, take a picture of this or whatever, I would encourage you to. Again, we're not just giving you random information. This is something that has the ability to transform the way that you see God. And that really needs to be the goal of anybody who desires to be a Jesus follower is that you are every single day continuing to find ways to discover more of who God is. You can't just say, yes, pray a prayer, and then you're like, all right, I'm good, I got it. Does that, does that mean you're not saved? No, you're, you're saved when you confess who Jesus is and you believe that God raised him from the dead and you ask him into your heart. Yeah, you're saved for eternity, but now you've got a life that you get to live that's filled with the opportunity to discover more and more of who God is. Until the amazing, glorious day, whether it's at the end of our life and we get to be with him or it's the time when Jesus returns and we get to see God for who he is face to face. But until then, we have a beautiful life of discovery, figuring out the greatness and the goodness of who God is and the fact that he is always more. That's a good word. That came from Dwight. Dwight was telling me that. Just, man, he's, what is more? I want to know more about God. God, God is the more. He's the more for everything that you're looking for, for every question that you have. It's not, a, it's not a cliche answer, it's the answer. God is the more. So, so a person, as we're, you know, the Holy Spirit is a person constantly throughout scripture. He's referred to as he, him, himself. The Holy Spirit's never referred to as it. And that's important because I think if, we, if it's just some thing, if it's just some misty entity, then it, it, kinda, it kinda makes it more mystical and weird, it makes it more new age than, and, and the Holy Spirit is not that. The Holy Spirit is tangible. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not just this floating thing around, it's the very Spirit of Christ alive and available to be inside of us. And more than just inside of us to consume every fiber of our being. The Holy Spirit is God. You're gonna have scripture references up there. And I encourage, listen, don't just take my word for it. On any given week, anybody who's up here, don't you say, well, they got the microphone, I'm sure they know what they're talking about. No, take what we talk about, go home and read the scriptures. There's this uh, community in the New Testament that Paul went and visited called the Bereans, and, and they were said to have been more wise and, and, and more well off because they took everything that Paul said and went back to the scriptures to make sure that he wasn't just making stuff up. I'm just gonna tell you, there's a lot of jokers out there making up a bunch of stuff because it suits their own needs, it benefits them. So take what we say and go in scripture and make sure what we're saying is true. The Holy Spirit is Jesus in us. John 14, 17 through 19. The Holy Spirit is our advocate, our comforter. Not like the one that you cozy up next to the fire, but he's the one that through whatever you are going through in life, there is an advocate for you. There is the spirit of God inside of you that is there to comfort you when you're going through stuff that you don't know how to handle on your own. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. The Holy Spirit is our truth leader. John 14, 17, and 26, it talks about how the Holy Spirit will lead you in all truth. You know what that means? This is for all of our millennials. There is truth. And that's not just to, I'm not trying to be smart. But I th it, it has to be talked about. There is truth. Not everything is just abstract, uh, abstract. Not everything is gray. There is truth. But it, 
Let the Holy Spirit lead you in the truth. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. You know what's cool? I'm going to throw this in there too. The Holy Spirit will never contradict what's in here. People are like, well, the Holy Spirit told me to do this. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, because right here it says uh, different. Well, the Holy Spirit told me. Oh, okay. I mean, what are you going to say? <laughs> You're like, well, good luck with that. The Holy Spirit doesn't contradict the word. Jesus is the word. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, the logos, the word of God, Jesus in the flesh. And now we have Jesus in spirit alive and available to be inside of us. Now check this out. Uh, the Holy Spirit is our, these are three words, and they're, they're different, but they all work together. The Holy Spirit is our convincer, our convictor, and our converter. John 16, 8. You'll notice that the Holy Spirit is not our condemner. So I'll say, I'll say it this way. A lot of times in the church world, and with good intentions, and with maybe even a good heart, but misguided, we try to be the Holy Spirit for people. We, we try to think, and, and I, God, I'm guilty, I'm guilty. I'll put up both hands and a foot, and I can't pick up two feet because I'll fall down. I've done this, guys. I've been so guilty of this, of, of me not seeing transformation in people fast enough for my liking and still seeing them struggling with sin. And the reality is their sin's just different than my sin. And so instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit is already at work doing, I feel the need to help the process. Be like, Holy Spirit, you, you might well be a little distracted today. Let me help you out with this. Hey, you know what you're doing wrong? You know what you need to do? You know what you need to stop doing? You know, if, if you're really, if God's really working in you, you wouldn't be doing these things that you're doing. And we try to replace the role of the Holy Spirit because we're impatient or, at worst, uncomfortable with the stage that somebody is at in their journey with the Lord. It's not our job to convict people. It's not our job to, uh, uh, to try to be the, the agent of change in people's life. It's our job to love. And trust the Holy Spirit. And yes, does the Holy Spirit use people to speak into people's life? Yeah, but usually it's when there's relationship. A lot of times we don't want to put in the legwork to build a relationship, to have the, the platform or the ability to speak into somebody's life because that, well, it takes work. It takes time. It takes investment. We're like, I ain't got time for that. I just need to tell you what you're doing wrong so that you can, you know, be, be a better Christian. And so... Yeah, we're not going to do that. Anyway, the convincer, the Holy Spirit, convinces us that where we have been going wasn't the best that God has for us. And the Holy Spirit convicts our hearts. Let me put it this way. The Holy Spirit will put a conviction inside of you. When you have a conviction about something, we want to take all these words and we won't make them negative. Like repent, that's a negative word now. Well, it was never meant to be. It's a beautiful word. Oh, the Holy Spirit's going to convict me. Oh, he's going to... He's going to, you know, he's going to condemn. No, no, these were words that are meant to bring healthy, life-giving change in our life so that we can become more and more the person that God created us to be and less and less of the person that sin has made us over time. People are on different journeys. Some people go faster than others. Some people take longer. Some people got stuff going on that you don't know about, and maybe that's why it's taking longer. But if we can continue to love people where they are and continue to be open and truthful about who the Holy Spirit is, and, and trust the Holy Spirit that he knows what he's doing. He knew what he was doing in your life. And I guarantee you that you're still a work in progress. 
Me too. And that's okay. But we need to let the Holy Spirit be what only the Holy Spirit can be. The Holy Spirit is our guide. The Holy Spirit is our power. There's no denomination of Christianity that has a corner on the market of the Holy Spirit. Every Jesus follower in church has the responsibility to search out the entire person and message of the Holy Spirit, to teach it accurately with faith, and to not be afraid of what Jesus said. We desperately need supernatural power. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling, but certainly causes feelings inside of us. My wife is not a feeling, but she causes certain feelings inside of me. Can I get an amen from somebody? Y'all need a good Lord, loosen up in church. Good gosh. I'm trying to make jokes? Anyway. We need what Jesus said we need. Jesus in the flesh told us that we need the Holy Spirit, but most of modern Christianity has focused on unteaching what Jesus said the Holy Spirit is or, or focus on making the Holy Spirit some elitism thing and just making, some, making it weird and mystical and it's, it's become something that instead of attracting people into Christ, it has become something that has pushed people away because we've mismanaged the reality of who the Holy Spirit is. We've turned him into something that he was never meant to be and we've turned the pursuit of him into something that makes us feel good instead of it being something that's supposed to empower us to go and be a bold witness to the world around us. Us. So guys, we're going we're gonna to talk about this for a couple of weeks. We're going to make it right. Uh, we're going to do our best. None of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not even going to claim I'm going to teach this perfect, but I'm just going to try to say what Jesus said. I'm going to try to say what the Bible says, and we're going to open up our hearts, and we're going to dive in, and I hope that that is okay with you. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not just an educational topic. The Holy Spirit is the very power of God for your life. The very power of God. If you're serving Jesus and it feels dead, there's something missing. If you've been struggling with the same thing over and over and over again and it seems like you can't uh, get any ground, you can't grasp anything new, you can't make any progress, there's, there's something missing. And I just want to tell you guys that there's hope for every single one of you. The Holy Spirit is not for the elite. And we know this because the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit came to those that everybody on the outside looking in said, and what is this? These Galileans, these uneducated commoners, man, this is, this is uh, working lower class, and they're coming out here speaking, praising God in our languages. We're from all over the world. Who taught them that? What the heck is going on? What is this? God's no respecter of persons. It's for everybody. And I pray that you would search it out. Take today, take what we've talked about today. Go back this week, pull it up on the podcast, listen to it again. Open up your Bibles. Guys, listen, I'm telling you, there's so many things that we struggle with that you don't have to struggle with. And I'm not talking about supernatural weird stuff, I'm just talking about the, the love and the grace and the truth that comes from God's word. Just open it up, read the gospels, discover who Jesus is, learn his heart, hear his words. Read the book of Acts and, and look at what the, the early church looked like when it first started. That wasn't just a really cool story about something that was. It was a type and a shadow and a picture of what is supposed to still be. A church that was filled with community. We spend a lot of time in church trying to convince people to come back week after week. But when you read the, the accounts in the early church, they couldn't stay away from each other. Why? Because they realized that in Christ, all they had was each other. We don't live in the same times. We don't face, we don't face the same persecution that they faced, 
But the reality is, is that when God transforms your life, all of a sudden, those that you used to roll with, it's, it's different. The Bible doesn't teach us to go away from the people that we've done community with, but there is a shift. Because the people that you're, or the direction God's trying to take you, you can only get there if you're rolling with people heading that same direction. So we come to church. We live for Sunday. We live for community in this place. So that on Monday through Saturday, we can go out with, with boldness and with power, filled up with love and grace to influence and to inspire the world that is around us. When we start living secluded from the world around us, we're doing it wrong. But when we make our church community just something that whenever we get around to it, we'll show up, we're doing something wrong because we're missing out on the potential of what's possible. Can't wait until we get to the point where we don't fit into this room and it's not so that we can pat ourselves in the back and church growth and all that's beautiful, but it's always about people. It's always about the one. It's always about, it's always, you know, I, I can't help during worship, but be filled with joy and filled with, with, with passion for worshiping Jesus, but still in my mind, realize that around our city today, there's people that are lost and hurting and broken and, and are questioning life, thinking about suicide, addicted, and they don't know that there is help. They don't know that there is a solution. They don't know that there is an answer. I want us to be a church that's going to help people get there. Can I pray for you? Thanks again for listening to the Convo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message, do us a favor. Subscribe to this podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and share our podcast with your family, friends, and team members. If you live in the Reno area, come and be a part of Convo Church. Check us out on ConvoChurch.com and follow us on social media at Convo Church. We'll see you next time here on the Combo Church Podcast.